What do you think of when you hear love your neighbor? Is it something that maybe we find easier to do with some neighbors than others? And who exactly are our neighbors? We certainly want to help those in trouble, but what about those we are in disagreement with, sometimes in a major disagreement with? I'm Sandy on behalf of Lene. Welcome to Imagine Yourself Podcast, where we help you imagine your next chapter of life with grace, gratitude, courage, and faith. With everything going on in the world, we thought it was a great time to jump back to one of our very first episodes in 2019. We're going to play some highlights from that. And it was originally called, Do I Really Have to Love My Neighbor? Imagine yourself in a situation where instead of just thinking me, 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 I, 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 you absolutely light up inside when you hear the words, love thy neighbor. The world does need a lot more of love thy neighbor. I'll tell you that. Yes. We tend to concentrate on ourselves a lot. That is our culture. We are consumed with our schedules and what we have to do. And we don't have time very often to go out and love thy neighbor. And if you go into the biblical love my neighbor, actually your neighbor is everybody. Yeah. We don't want to be fake. We know that we might not like every little thing about every person, but we do want to love our fellow humans. And like you said, it's not just our next door neighbor, even though we can definitely show them some love also. It's everyone. It's even your enemies. Mm. At the very least, you need to pray for others and pray for even your enemies and and it's not that you pray that they fall off a cliff or anything terrible. <laughs> no, never, no, 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 no. <laughs> you want to pray good things for them. Pray for their betterment. Pray for their understanding or that God can soften their hearts. Something more along those lines. So with the love your neighbor and the me, 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 I mean, there is a good part of the me, me, me in that you don't want to completely neglect yourself either. Like this whole big self-care movement. Have you noticed that there's like mark people are marketing self-care this yeah. and self-care that. Besides the fact that it's marketing, it's also pretty good because you do need to take care of yourself and keep yourself healthy. That's true. It's it's one of those things where many times you do have to make sure that you're strong enough yourself in order for you to even help others. You have to listen to who you are. Am I the type of person who is self-absorbed and self-centered and I do realize this? Or am I the type of person who goes out and never says no to anybody's request and I do everything for everyone else and then I am totally depleted at the end of the day and I have nothing left to give? And then there's even a third one, Sandy. Okay. There's a situation where many times there are people who are really down and really feeling low and depressed and sometimes they are just stuck in themselves and their situation and they might be able to be lifted up by helping someone else other than themselves. Yes, I've heard the best way to cheer yourself up sometimes is to cheer someone else up. That's like a famous, is it Mark Twain that said that? I don't remember. I don't know, but isn't it a wonderful way to climb out of some of the depression and sadness and self-absorbed in the, in the negativity? Love thy neighbor. It may be centuries old, but there's a lot of powerful impact behind it. I think the biggest thing, and I touched on this a little bit, and first of all, just to go back to what you were saying about getting yourself out of depression, sometimes 
obviously that's not enough. We're not talking about people who have a serious issue with depression. But if you're just feeling blue, a great way to do it is to, to whether you're, you know, going to help out at a charity or you're bringing your friend dinner who's got out of the hospital or just whatever little thing that you can do. But I think the thing that gets in the way, at least for me, is that I become so absorbed in my calendar and I only have two minutes or not two minutes. (laughs) Well, sometimes, sometimes two minutes. Yeah. I've got two minutes to talk to you. That sounds like you. um, (laughs) In between 12 and one. That's right. But we are so tightly scheduled that we don't leave any breathing room to reach out if we see a situation or if we get a phone call or something like that. Someone needs us to help our neighbor. And that is something that we can take steps to do something about it. I understand that, you know, you have a job, you need to work, you have a family, you need to participate with them. And of course, you do need to schedule some me time. I'm not asking you to become an overnight Mother Teresa, (laughs) where you have to, you know, just dedicate your life only to others. But there's got to be a way to open your life up in, in some situations. Might be time to open up right now. This is our Do Not Disturb. I am so sorry. Babe, I'm in the podcast. I cannot talk. I'm sorry. Bye. Well, there you go. That was an example of one of the uh, interruptions in life. Yeah, Sandy, that was my husband. I'm sorry. No, no, no worries. So um, you didn't even give him a chance to say what he wanted or I don't say, even know what he wanted. No. <laughs> it's love thy neighbor, Lene. I didn't hear and I love you come out or anything. I love him. I just I just got caught up. I don't know. Poor husband. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> hey, so, what were you saying? I don't know. Uh I'll just start with the uh, Mother Teresa. Yeah, start with that. Oh gosh. Yeah. So I'm not asking you to become an overnight Mother Teresa, you know, and just totally dedicate your whole life to becoming a nun and and helping others full time. But I do hope to have us all and encourage us all to open our lives a bit more, to enlarge our life circle, to take time to talk to people, talk to your neighbor for a little bit. Maybe when you are on a tight deadline, instead of pulling out of the driveway exactly when you must leave, give a few more minutes because you know your neighbor across the street wants to say a little hello. Or when your husband just wants to check in. Yeah. <laughs> say hi. You know I'm going to keep bringing that up, right? That's all right. I deserve it. <laughs> but um, the neighbor thing, too, as a matter of fact, a friend of mine was telling me about a neighbor that she dreads seeing every time she pulls up. And it's always when she's heading out in a hurry. Oh, yeah. And her kids are late for school or whatever. And here comes her neighbor that always wants to talk. And she's so relieved when her neighbor is on the phone because she's like, okay, (laughs) she's engaged. I don't have to stop and chat. But yeah, that's something we need to take more time with and make those little pockets in our day so we could have those conversations. And what if you're the recipient of that one day? What if you need that? That's the whole part of thinking of this in terms of back to self again also Sometimes we do need that little lift and that inspiration from others. So we need to be willing to give that as well. And speaking of something uplifting and inspiring, I saw this story. It was viral, I don't know, maybe a few months ago, but it really stuck with me. And here's a situation where it wasn't just a few minutes, but it's this teenager. And I can't remember what part of the country he was in, Mm -hmm. but uh, his mom ended up posting the story on Facebook 
And he sees a woman, an elderly woman waiting for a bus, and she's sitting in the hot sun because wherever she's sitting, there's not any shelter. Mm -hmm. So he goes back home, he gets an umbrella, and he sits with her for, I don't know, it was like a couple of hours, shielding her with the umbrella, talking to her. I'm not sure what else he had going on that day or how he made the time for it, but he did make the time for it. And his mom ended up getting a picture of it. And that's how it went viral, which is so cool that in this day and age, I love it when we see those things posted, these good news stories, because there are those people out there. And teenagers, they get a bad rap. Yes, yes. I I mean, I was shocked by the fact that you said this is a teenager who who thought to do this. So thoughtful. (laughs) It's taking the time. It's seizing that opportunity. And maybe you don't have time to do something that big, but even just a few minutes. The little things, the yeah. little things. And it benefits us too overall. Um, can you imagine yourself mm-hmm. viewing the world from God's perspective, like the eyes of a father over his children? It allows you to give more compassion because he's looking over at all of us. And at the end of the day, we're all really just little kids running around, trying to be special, uh, <laughs> wanting attention, trying to be first in line, trying to hurry up and rush to, to finish eating and, and doing things and learning or not learning how to share with others and how to keep our hands to ourselves. And sometimes we think we know everything. But when we are spending time loving one another with the flaws and all, it makes this life better. I don't know. It's not always easy to look at others through loving and patient eyes, but we really are built for community. We really are built for sharing our lives with others, and we can enlarge who we think of as others. That is the big thing. Obviously, the literal definition of others is we know others, but when we think of being kind, we generally just think of, hey, I made my husband breakfast this morning or something like that. Just within our own homes. And now, did you know, Sandy, that we are just like zebras? I wasn't aware of that, but I'm sure you'll explain why that is. So zebras are now my new favorite animal because I found out, and you can kind of see it, but I didn't really think about it at first. Zebras are very social animals. They live and eat and play together within their fellow herd of zebra friends and family, (laughs) and it serves them well. They have large groupings. They have the head of the herd, the male head of the herd always stays kind of on the outskirts looking for danger. And these large groupings, strangely enough, along with the fact that they have stripes, serve as protection from predators. Ah. Because when they're grouped together, when zebras are all together, their combined stripes make it hard for a lion or a leopard to pick out just one zebra to chase. Ah. So the fact that they're all together, there's safety in numbers, and it shows that it's no good to be isolated. And doesn't that hold true for us also? Excellent analogy. I didn't realize that uh, zebras provided (laughs) a great analogy like that. I knew they were cool. That's good. Yeah, community is how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to deal with each other in love, but it's just It's hard for many, many reasons. And I think just like we talked about there being a lot of good things on social media, there's a lot of bad things on social Mm -hmm. media. And people like to argue from behind the keyboard and they're doing everything but loving their neighbor. That is such a good point. And when is it going to stop? Can we each make the decision to make sure that at the very least we are not the ones 
putting those things out and hiding behind the the keyboard? I think that's the only thing. And, And talking to our kids about it as well. But yeah, we can't control what other people do. We can control our reaction to it. I don't ever like to post anything that would get anyone riled up. But occasionally, sometimes even the most innocent thing, people can react to it wrong. You just can't react back. Yeah. I have this feeling that even though kids and adults and all of us have it made with technology and Xbox and Snapchat and self-driving cars coming uh, up in the future, but kids in the day back in our day, Mm -hmm. may have really had all the luxuries because we had Mr. Rogers. Ah, Mr. (laughs) Rogers. I love Mr. Rogers. That's the epitome of love thy neighbor, I believe. He invited everyone in to his world, to his neighborhood, with, please, won't you be my neighbor? Yes. It just was a wonderful sense of love and community and acceptance And how do we take that and apply it and achieve it in the real world, real life as adults? Things that you learn as a child, if the principles of loving your neighbor and the principles of acceptance and seeing the good in people, we hear that as kids and we believe it. But sometimes the world takes that out of us. I found a quote, actually, from Mr. Rogers. I love Mr. Rogers. I know. Get you a Mr. Rogers sweater. Yes, please, for Christmas. (laughs) So Mr. Rogers said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to look for the helpers. You'll always find people who are helping. And to this day, especially in times of disaster, I remember my mother's words. And I'm always comforted in realizing that there are so many helpers, so many caring people in this world. There are people out there helping their neighbors. And it's true. I mean, you when there's a horrible disaster, of course, you know, people are devastated. But there are those stories of people, whether it's just one person going out of their way to save somebody from a car in a flood, or it's the Red Cross coming in to save the day or the Salvation Army. There are inspiring people. And those are the people instead of looking up and okay, I'm not going to get into what (laughs) celebrities on Instagram that many people will think are just it. Um, (laughs) But there are a lot of people and we spend time looking at housewives and the famous and thinking they're great. But why can't we put people up on a pedestal? Um, Whether it's, you know, we look up to people in the military, or we look up to people who are out there on the front lines helping in a disaster. Right. Those are like little versions of almost human angels in this world and helpers, like you're saying from Mr. Rogers' discussion with his mom, those are the people that perhaps we should yearn to become. It's life-changing. It's world-changing. It's what's necessary now. Back again to the Bible from Ecclesiastes, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other one up. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. How can one keep warm alone? And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. These are the things that are being poured into us as adults and things like Mr. Rogers and even Sesame Street with all the, you know, they had a cast of quirky characters, but they all got along and they all accepted one another These are the things that we can try to do to make life better. And I almost wonder if that should be like 
our motto, Sandy, because there's that song, it takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of sight back from the 80s. But that's a situation where if anyone asks us, why are we talking about these things? Our answer needs to be purposeful, that we're trying to add some light and brightness and love to our neighbors. That's right. And it's a fortunate thing that we have the ability to do this Imagine Yourself podcast because imagining yourself loving thy neighbor in a bigger and broader sense will make the world so much of a better place. And I know that sounds very cliche and, you know, we all want to strive for that, but let's get down a little bit to the nitty gritty. And I mean to like cut it down by saying it's cliche. I, I Love thy neighbor is not a cliche. Love thy neighbor is in the Bible. It's what we're talking about here. But I just don't want to leave it like, okay, let's all just go out and love our neighbor now. Mm -hmm, Because, mm -hmm. Lene, you know (laughs) that you have some practical things that are going to help us do that. Is it okay if I kick it up a notch and pretend like I'm a highly qualified intellectual? I uh, have a situation where my daughter has gone off to college. She's a freshman there. You sound very intellectual. Is that that what you're trying to do with your voice? Yes, let me raise it up. Yes. Oh, darling. Oh, darling. I have an accent, too. (laughs) Well, you have to have an accent when you sound like that. Okay. Yes, but she's taking a freshman class on interreligious and interpersonal dialogue. And it explains that what we really need to do is talk more with others, with other individuals or even in groups, and we ask questions with humility. We start off by assuming that we don't know all the answers, as opposed to many Mm -hmm. times thinking we know everything. And we also yearn to make real connections with others in the dialogue. So what if we each take it upon ourselves to reach out to someone and actively have an interconnected, humble dialogue with them to really get to know them and really get to blossom and see the world in a different way. Now, when you say reach out to someone, are you talking about somebody you may not know well or a coworker or somebody you know from school or church? or I like any of those. Yeah. Anyone who's not in your normal comfort zone. Okay. Or even what about this? What if you even decide to join a group, whether it's a support group or whether it's a Bible study or whether it's um, a book club, even something where you are placing yourself in a situation to get to know other people on a real level Mm -hmm. and actually better yourself and hopefully help them better themselves at the same time too, better our lives in general. I like where you're going with that, Lene, because especially if nothing else, you can schedule joining a group, whether it's, I don't know, a book club or going to do yoga or whatever. Something. Something where you're going to get to know some people and it's on your calendar, then it makes it a lot easier. Yes, it does. So besides that challenge that we've just given, we'd like to offer some takeaways for today in general. Number one. Go old school. Concentrate on the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you and expand that to make it love others just as you want to be loved by others. Easy enough, right? Yeah, like that. Remember, we're all zebras. (laughs) (laughs) And how is that again? Because we're animals created to be social with one another and it benefits the entire herd. Right. 
See, you balance that love of yourself with the true love of others. You protect others. You're protected. It's all good. Everybody wins. I'm a zebra. You're a zebra. Yes. Go around the house sometimes and sing, won't you be my neighbor? Like Mr. Rogers did. (laughs) You know, from time to time when nobody's around, you know, make sure you're by yourself. But go ahead and live that out too. Another thing, this one we didn't mention earlier, but it did just come to me. In the words of Diana Ross, her song, reach out and touch somebody's hand. Make this world a better place if you can. I love it. Easy peasy. But overall, imagine yourself looking around and living out a lifestyle of loving your neighbor. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoy it as we took a look back at this 2019 episode. We do that every now and again. Next time, though, we're back with something brand new to imagine. We invite you to connect with us at imagineyourselfpodcast.com. We'll put that link in our social links in the show notes. And we're also going to include a link that, well, if you're listening to the podcast near the time when it's been released, you know the effects of Hurricane Ian. So we thought that's a great way to help our neighbors. And we'll share a link directing you how you can help with the various efforts in assisting those affected, both in the show notes and on our website. Until next time, here's to all of us doing a better job at loving our neighbors.